Hi, folks. We are here at Hamacon 2011, and we are with a special guest, Chris Kaysen. And he has done stuff. Um, Yay, stuff. Told he's some kind of voice actor. He yeah. has done voice acting, ADR work, the whole shebang. Yeah. And so we decided that he'd be a pretty cool person to talk to, possibly even awesome. And as we are the awesome cast, it only made sense. <laughs> well, I, I read the label on your mic. I mean, you know, as we've, ta- as we've discussed. Yeah, our mic is ideal for podcasting. It says so right on the mic. Ding. So, Chris, tell us about yourself. Uh, well, I'm a level-headed optimist who likes... Oh, you mean uh, professionally. Well, I like <laughs> stuff like... Um, uh, well, I was about to go into food again. Um, stuff about me, I am uh, a voice actor, director, and writer from uh, working almost exclusively for Funimation Entertainment since 1998. And I began doing uh, Dragon Ball Z, and I've worked on uh, maybe best known in terms of voice work as uh, Gluttony and Fullmetal Alchemist and uh, um, Mr. Popo in, in uh, Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Kai. Also, Tian Shinhan in Dragon Ball Z, and uh, uh, gosh, uh, Holy Roman Empire and Hitalia and all kinds of stuff. And I've directed shows like uh, oh, Negama and Kodacha and uh, um, Dragon Ball Z and Cut and Bamboo Blade and... All kinds of stuff. So what would be kind of the uh, more interesting challenges do you have at being a voice actor? Uh, the challenges would be, um, well, I guess like any acting job, it would be to keep it fresh. You know, I, I guess it would be to try to approach a character in a new, fresh way every time, make it different and subtle and make and give 100%. Because even though it's a great and fun job, no matter what you do, whether it's painting a fence or working, digging ditches, no matter what it is, you... Some days you come in and you're just not feeling it. But in the case of uh, this work, you have to be on, quote-unquote on, every time you get in front of the mic. So that would be, that'd be one. And that and, and trying not to uh, you know, lose your voice when you're screaming for extended periods of time, like in Z, for example. So yeah. to um, just suppose that, what are the more interesting challenges as an ADR director? And maybe for those who don't realize what ADR directing is, what is that? Well, ADR directing... Um, the ADR part is uh, for, it stands for automated dialogue replacement, which is used in uh, was borrowed from from movies where the actor would come in and they, a scene would be recorded, but the audio in the room was bad, so they would come in later and dub over what they said with what they said, and for a cleaner read for the final mix down. Uh, but in terms of anime, it's it's um, if animation. What we do is what I do as an ADR director is um, we are um, I direct English speaking actors to come in and voice. That's right, in English, um, these properties from Japan. That's specifically what I do. And the, uh, I, I cast different actors. I have them come in for me, and, and uh, we schedule their time. And uh, slowly but surely, one actor at a time, we put this big puzzle together called um, an animated property. <laughs> so, so that's what I do. And as far as a, a challenge, um, I think like any, any kind of directing, whether it's film or stage or whatever, it's... You know, you almost pay, play psychiatrist or psychologist, I should say, in a way, because every actor requires something different to make them give their best performance. And it's figuring out what it is that makes them tick and giving the best performance, I would say. So do you ever listen to the Japanese side of things for either voice acting or directing to see what was done before? Or do you like taking things fresh? Or does it depend on the property? Uh, sometimes it depends on the property. I know that uh, now it's a lot easier to really be armed with as much information and research as possible. 
Uh, whereas before, I mean, you know, we have, you know, with the interwebs, you can learn a whole lot. Whereas before, it was a lot harder. But we do. I, I mean, I guess every director is different. I do try to um, soak in as much as I can by watching the original Japanese as, as much as possible. Now, do you ever watch anime just on your own time, outside of work? Do you ever enjoy shows, or is it more or less when you do it for work? Well, <laughs> that's kind of the uh, guy who works at a pizza shop doesn't go home and eat pizza <laughs> scenario. Um, having said that, I worked at Chuck E. Cheese uh, in high school, and I still ate the pizza uh, for dinner. But um, that stuff was great. But uh, yeah, I think when you when you're working on it from ten to to six or ten, however long you're doing it every day, I think when you come home. You tend just to want to relax from any because you see it all day long. I think you want an escape from that, whether it's uh, uh, plays, movies, just some other form of entertainment. Uh, that said, I do have a lot of respect, and I like anime quite a bit. And it began when I was a kid. I watched um, uh, Voltron, Robotech, Battle of the Planet, uh, G-Force, Battle of the Planets, uh, Star Blazers. You know, and I didn't know that they were from Japan. I just thought they were extra super cool. And I only later found out they were from Japan. I thought, well, that makes a lot, a lot of sense. And full circle moment for me as a director was when... Um, so I watched Star Blazers as a kid with a bowl of Fruit Loops in front of the TV. And then I would later go on to work on... Or direct a few episodes of uh, a show called uh, uh, Galaxy Railways from the creators. <laughs> and I thought, I'm, I'm a part of this. You know, like, that was, it was really awesome. That was a great moment. So, uh, what are the things that you do kick back and just relax with and do for fun? Well, uh, I like playing music is my, my big thing. I, I play I play guitar since I was 13. I, pl I play electric bass a lot. Uh, a little piano, a little drums. I only know a few, few beats there and basic chord progressions on the piano. But, um, but yeah, that's what I do for fun. And, and uh, I'm really, the fact, I was, I'm really happy to have played on uh, Guitar Hero 3 as a as a guitar player, that was a real thrill for me, and it was just a hobby. And then I was asked to to do this thing, and, and it wasn't using my voice; it was something else that I did. So that was a really cool moment. I mean, video games themselves are great, and they're a lot of fun to be a part of. And and to to not use my voice and use something else that I like was really that was a lot of fun. Did he ever bug to jam with Jerry Jewell? <laughs> Actually, Jerry Jewell is is a great musician and singer. He has that. Um, He's a, he's both a he can do both lead and he has a, an ear for harmony too, which you know is arguably harder for some people. He can t uh, zoom right into that that harmony spot really quickly. Um, I would love to play with Jerry Jewell, uh, but you know what? There are a lot of musicians at Funimation, I think, or singers or both, and I think that there's something to that. I, I think having that musical ear or the ability to hear if something is the correct pitch or in tune. I think. And timing and rhythm, I think that all kind of folds into uh, having a mu uh, musical background. But to answer your question, I would love to play with Jerry Jewell. Anytime, Jerry. Because he totally listens to this. Right, Jerry? He might. <laughs> I, I don't know if he does or not. But what is what role have you had the most fun with that you've done? Um, well, the cliched answer is... You know, all of them. They're all my children, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And, it, and to a degree, that's true because you do try to approach it like, you know, fresh every time. Right. And, and of course, you know, I, for a while, maybe even still, have the reputation of playing a lot of, uh, as we call them, critters, playing a lot of animals, you know, talking 
I played a seven-inch uh, talking ermine in uh, Negama. I played a, a, um, uh, a flying rabbit bat called Babbitt in Kodacha. I played Whitey the dog in, in Chin Chan, um, and a lot of other creatures. And and, um, uh, and drag, uh, you don't get to do, unlike 30-foot uh, dragons, you don't get to do that in real life. So uh, there's something very unique to anime when it comes to uh, doing characters like that. Um, I really enjoyed... I enjoy them all. I enjoyed Hanai and School Rumble quite a bit. That was maybe because it was just so funny. That whole show was so funny. Brina directed it so well. The cast was great, and I, <laughs> I got I got to yell a lot, which I like, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. Do you ever, since you also do both ADR work as well as voice acting work? Do you, have you ever thought, I want to approach a character this way, only for the ADR director to go, no, 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 no. Let's do it this way. And he totally wanted to punch their face in, because you knew better. <laughs> oh, man. Well, well, that's a classic. I call that a number 73. A number, <laughs> a, that's a number 73. A number 73 happens a lot. It's kind of a, uh, I don't want to call it a trap that people get into, but it, it, it's a phenomenon that happens a lot when you have... Because typically the, the road to ADR directing is usually voice actor first and then you get a feel for how things work and you eventually can become an um, ADR director possibly. And it, it's happened where a voice actor or actress will become an ADR director and then I'll have them in to direct them as an actor. And I find that they, sometimes when, they're, when they just began directing, they're most prone to saying stuff like, Oh, I'll do that better. Let me do that one more time. No, no, no. no I, I think I can totally... If you just... I, I think... So there's a lot of just mm-hmm. like... You know, it's a number 73. Because they finally have seen both sides of it. And maybe part of it's just that they're their own worst critic. I, I know when I direct myself... If I'm if I'm directing um, a show and I'm an actor in the show, that's just me directing myself in the studio. And I'm my own worst critic. And, you know, it, it takes twice as long. So I, I understand that to a degree. Okay, so what's number 36? Uh, that is a large with a side of fries and a uh, small milkshake. Excellent. Which, re- which restaurant? Well, any restaurant, because I, as you can see, once again, I'm a bit of a health nut, but occasionally I like to eat. And uh, maybe, no, I refuse to give, I almost did it. I'm not going to give a fast food joint a free plug, but <laughs> uh, uh, they're all delicious in their own way. More diplomacy from me. Okay, what's a really wonderful local eatery that's in your town of residence? Well, um, that would be Whataburger. Whataburger. Uh, that, that's very very regional, very unique to the South. I don't know if it's just Texas, but definitely the South. And it's it's hamburgers that are made to order, and they have delicious... <laughs> I can't believe I'm talking... Yes. Uh, I mean, my mouth, my mouth is watering. <laughs> now, the reason I, didn't, I dare not bring this up is because very recently we've had In-N-Out Burger come to the DFW area, which of course was a West Coast uh, burger, burger joint that has now expanded east and gone to where I live. And so now there's the great Whataburger versus In-N-Out Burger rivalry. So, and I do not want to get in the middle of that. I, I want to play both sides of the fence because they're both delicious. That is very... Very understandable. Yes. <laughs> what projects have you been really... Have you, have you been doing anything recently that you can talk about? Well, there's the catch. Um, yes, and I can't, unfortunately. And particularly, 
Um, you know, I, I'm still very interested in in anime, but also, you know, video games are just exploding, particularly uh, the production of them in L L.A. right now. And uh, I recently had the opportunity to voice a character that I'm very excited about. It, that game, I can't talk about the game or the character, but it comes out about this time next year. And I'm really excited about that. Um, I also just voiced a really cool villain for a character, or a really cool villainous character in a show I also can't talk about. Uh, probably the most recent things I've done that I can would be oh, uh, Genzo and Oedo Rocket, or maybe um, this character I did for an OVA called Two, capital T, capital O. Um, but maybe that's all for now. That's too bad. So which well. have you enjoyed more, um, at least as of late, voice acting or ADR? Well... They're, they're very different, and they each inform the other one. In other words, I think you become a better actor as a uh, director and vice versa. I think, for me, it has to be, and it's neck and neck, but the winner will be voice acting. Because when you're a director, you, you're putting the puzzle together. You have all the responsibility. You know, if it's good, if it's good, it's, you, you did it. If it's bad, you did it. Um, in the case of voice, voice acting, it's completely free. You walk in wearing whatever clothes you want to wear. You, you know... You come up with the character, you work on it, you, uh, the director kind of guides you how to do different things if you have any questions, and you're completely free, you're not encumbered with any uh, deadlines or anything like that. So it's just, I mean, it's playing pretend. It can't get better than that. Um, this is going to be a totally off-the-wall question, and there may, you may not have an answer, but I, you know, nowadays uh, simulcasting is getting bigger and bigger. It's happening with more and more shows, and Funimation is one of the people that are really leading the charge in that. Do you ever think there's going to be a point where, when a simulcast happens, a dub track will be available along with the subtitle track? Ooh. Um, I'm not sure. You know, it's a really interesting time for the industry in general. I mean, you have, and I've talked about this before, where... Uh, the output from Japan itself is less than it has been in many years for various reasons. And, you know, I mean, the economy, of course, globally is not as great and all these other things, but um, uh, I don't know. I think that would be, if that were, were possible, I think it would be incredibly awesome. And I really couldn't speak to that. I, I Unfortunately... This might be one of those cases where it might seem like I'm maybe doing some kind of cover-up, like I actually know exactly the plan of the future, but uh, I really have no idea, but um, I would support, I, I think I would support that if it, if it could happen, but I have no no knowledge of it either way, guys. That's a, it's sort of a pie-in-the-sky thing that I have no clue. I'm sure that's something they want to work towards. Oh, sure. But, you know, it sounds like it would be problematic, especially if it's a weekly deal, but... Well, it all would have to depend yeah. on the lead time and probably how much Funimation has put into the show themselves as a sponsor. Yeah. I'm sure if they just want to... <laughs> I'm sure if they're sponsoring it, they'd love to get a dub track in there before anybody well, gets to watch it. There's talk of... of um, I mean, not that I've heard anything from Funimation, but I've heard a lot of uh, buzz about the idea that some dub houses, not necessarily Funimation, but you know, whether it's going to different cons or just talking to people... You know, I've heard the question over and over: Will this dub, will this dub company ever consider doing original uh, Western um, 
you know, homegrown an, uh, animation? Will they ever, you know, fund the idea of, of coming up with a, an original story and then having that illustrated and, uh, or I should say animated, and then dubbing it? And I haven't heard anything about that either, but I also really support that idea because I think, I think it would be unique. I think it would be uh, sort of groundbreaking in a way, and, and I, you know, um, I just think it would be a really cool um, usage of, of these anime companies that, frankly, aren't getting as much work as they, as they uh, used to across the board based on the economy. So I'm all, I'm all for it. And plus, I, I grew up watching... You know, as I mentioned earlier, I, I grew up watching, you know, uh, though I grew up watching stuff like Star Blazers and, and G-Force and all that, I also watched, I love Looney Tunes, and I love uh, Tom and Jerry, and I love the stuff that we make here. I, I don't want to denigrate that stuff either. Um, you know, I mean, they were, they were more for laughs than for heavy drama, obviously, but, you know, they were really funny. I mean, whether Tom and Jerry, Looney Tunes, Animaniacs, I mean, uh, I love that stuff. So, and that was made right here, so... You know, I think we could use more of it. If you could voice act Tom or Jerry, which one would it be? It would be Tom because Tom did that scream when he, uh, every once in a while, and I can't do it. It's like doing the it's like trying to do the Wilhelm scream. Good luck. But <laughs> right. but Tom's scream when he would get you know something slammed on his foot or I mean what you know, I love that scream. And if I could try to recreate it in the studio, or maybe add my own whatever to it. I would love a chance to be Tom. <laughs> yeah. Dodge the trick question because it's really neither of them should talk because they don't. But, uh, well, <laughs> well, that's true. And except you, for that one movie that was horrible. <laughs> well, and you know, they did that. Uh, they made the Pink Panther talk, uh, for example. Uh, the, you know, as the Pink Panther went, went uh, as the years progressed, eventually he, he started talking. Party foul. Terrible. <laughs> I, I, I do not support animals who <laughs> never spoke and were funny and classic, and then they try to change the formula. And it, no, I don't like, I don't like that. But it is a trick question. But luckily, because Tom has to scream, that's enough yes, for me. I think it's hilarious. And I also like uh, the the country cousin of Jerry's that comes in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I think there could be some room for some new animation production. Um, just you know, maybe somebody who's not like Disney or Warner Brothers, uh, just to. Maybe put some fresh ideas out there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it would be good for... Because we get asked all the time, you know, have you guys done a lot of, you know, original animation, meaning, uh, you know, American-made uh, animation? And, you know, the answer typically is either no or not that much. And I wish that were a different answer because, you know, I think we could use it. Do, do you think that would... Um... Do you think it, that could come from in-house, in-house like things like Funimation, or do you think it would still just be coming from like the main players like Cartoon Network, you know, Nicktoons, Disney, Warner Brother, that sort of stuff, or do you think one of the anime, you know, production companies would be able to sink that kind of capital into creating it, or would it be like more of a partnership? Or like, I'm not asking you to talk as Funimation or anything, but just your own personal musings on who do you think is capable of produ- doing such a thing? Well, if it were going to be done by an anime company, I, uh, I mean, of course, yeah, as you said, this is all pie in the sky. I have no knowledge whatsoever of any of it. But I would imagine if it would be done by an anime company, it would be done by Funimation, only because they have, I mean, they're simply producing more dubs than any other house right now. 
meaning they may well have more, you know, more funding to do so. That said, I think they would probably, it seems like even still they would farm out because just the man hours alone of animating, I mean, they don't, they don't have, obviously they don't have a, a, a subdivision of, of uh, you know, an in-house animation division. So I think it would take a lot of doing. I think it would take a lot of years of preparation. Um, but it would make sense that they, at, at the very least, I think they would have the greatest opportunity in terms of cash flow to fund such a venture. I'm sure there's some Japanese studios would be like, yeah, sure, give us money, we'll make you shows. I'm sure there's plenty. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you got the money, we got animators. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> All right, well, I think now it's time to go for the hard-hitting, hardball questions, because we are a legitimate news source for everything awesome. Since when? Oh, wait. <laughs> um, so it's time for the awesome... Well, this normally used to be the awesome five, but I lost my five questions, and I'm too lazy to go back and figure what they are. So this will be awesome whatever I come up with. Oh, cool. Whatever I remember. So the, what I do remember for a fact was, it's what we start off, every hard-boiled detective journalistic integrity um, question we got, what is your favorite candy and or sweet? Okay. Uh, I was hoping you'd ask me this. I like a lot of sweets. I'm not going to mince words here, guys. Um, I like them for different reasons. That said... Look, sometimes it's a Rolo day, sometimes it's a Whatchamacallit day, sometimes it's a Twix day. Now, a lot of people are going to give you Snickers, and that's a, that's a cop-out. Snickers is delicious, but uh, first off, I love chocolate bars. I do like that. I also like novelty stuff, like where it looks like you've got a huge tongue sticking out, but it's like sour. That didn't make sense. Um, but just weird, I like weird sort of novelty candies, but at the end of the day, it's all about chocolate. And I'm going to go... I like Kit Kat too. Mm. I'm gonna go Twix on this caramel Twix, not the peanut butter, although it's good too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that for now, but uh, you know, it may change by next year. Okay, well, get back to you on that. How do you um, take away stress? How do you, how do you deal with stress? How, what what do you do to get rid of it? Uh, I eat Twix. <laughs> uh, well, how do I get rid of stress? Well, I mean, the, I think we mentioned it earlier, and I think part of the reason that playing music is my hobby is because it also offers a great deal of therapy, uh, or it's very therapeutic. You know, I don't have, I don't sit around and, and stare out the window and pet an angry cat all day in a rocking chair or something creepy, although I suppose I could. Um, but I, I sit and play music, and, and um, uh, you know, I'm going to start petting cats. I just, I just inspired myself. Uh, what a weird thought. Can be nice. Could, could you pet cats while playing music? <laughs> I could play. I could use the cat as a pick. Um, <laughs> they love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the water. Um, but yeah, I, I think playing music is, is therapeutic for me. And, and I'm also not, for whatever reason, I'm not particularly. I'm not a high stress person. Some people are very intense, and, and I feel like I have. I'm passionate about certain things, but I'm pretty even keel when it comes to most things, which maybe is a positive trait as a director. Because <laughs> things can get pretty hectic. What project um, that you have worked on in the past would most benefit from the inclusion of giant robots or if they did have giant robots, gianter robots? <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, that's a... Okay. Yeah, um... That was the only one I remembered from the list. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, well, I worked on chrome shelled regios, and I had giant bugs that could fight giant robots. But it always, you know, it's, it's a winner. Uh, you know, uh, proven success. I think um, a show that would benefit most from giant robots that I've directed would be. Hmm. That's good. By the way, anytime someone says to you, good question, that means I don't know. <laughs> uh, I've noticed. Yeah, I use that at work all the time. Uh. <laughs> um, I think it might be funny, actually, if in um, uh, Shinchan, uh, or Shinchan, for those of you who say that, um, if it, one episode just was turned on its head and everything was goofy and light and, and uh, filthy as usual, and then they were just attacked by actual giant robots. I, I would like to see Shin do the elephant, uh, uh, the elephant dance. Um, I'd like to, I'd like to see Whitey save the day. I'd like to have anytime you have such a ridiculous show like that. I would love for hardcore robots to come in and just start annihilating their little, uh, <laughs> their little happy, uh, happy town. So, I'd like that. All right, then. Did I just say happy town? Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Finally, if you could leave one message to the world on a podcast, what would that be? I like the caveat of on a podcast. <laughs> like, if I saw you on the street, I would say something totally different. But it's on a podcast, so. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, I would say never give up. It's a cliche, it's corny, but I would really say never give up. Because whatever you have a passion for, whatever it is you want to do, you're probably good at it. If for no other reason than you have a great passion for it. Uh, if you're driven and motivated by something, I would say never give up. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. And you. uh, I think I think that that'll, that'll wrap things up. I can't, I you know, I mean, do. never give uh, up, but we're going to give up never now. Never give up. But, <laughs> you <yeah>. gave up! <laughs> Crap, oh. we have to keep going. Quit. What is another question? Oh, the podcast will go on forever. We can never give up. <laughs> what, what, what's, your, what's your favorite rodent? Uh, I like the ermine. I played one. He smokes and he likes panties. Barks for me, yeah. Uh, all right, okay. Now, now, now that we have asked one last question, cool. now we can end this. Well, yeah, we really need to know the rodent thing. The ermine, yeah, ermine true. cigars, panties. Uh, I mean... Yeah. Right. And we're all in the clear, guys. We did not give up on this. That's yeah, right. Yeah, we did yeah. give up. No. We didn't give up. This is a tactical surrender <laughs> <laughs> for another interview in the future. Perhaps it'll be Chris. Perhaps it'll be somebody else. Perhaps it'll be something completely different, not an interview. But chances are it'll be something. Thank you and good night or day, depending on when you're listening to this.